0: Hey, I'm Matt. Welcome to Wednesday Night Whenever, the podcast that brings you inside our student ministry here at Watson Baptist Church. Whether you're one of our students, or a parent of a student, or just someone who wants to grow in their faith and study God's Word with us, feel free to join us Wednesday night, you know, whenever. Well, hey there, and welcome back. Uh, thank you for for coming back and tuning in. Uh, this week we actually took a break from studying the parables of Jesus, and I really wanted to share something that had been on my heart for the last week or two. Um, you know, our students are getting ready to go to YEC, the Youth Evangelism Celebration, and um, I really had a need, and I want to share. You know something that God has been um, sharing with me lately, and I think something that uh, all believers really need to hear, and it's um, and it's the fact that we should be expecting God to move every time the church gathers. And uh, I shared a quote from Shane Pruitt, who's actually the speaker at OIC this year. I'm looking forward to hearing him. But um, but I truly hope that you that you take this message to heart as well, um, dear listener. And, uh, and that by doing so, um, you know, maybe just maybe, you know, if more believers took this to heart, we could see revival in our churches today. But, um, I hope you enjoy, and I hope you, like I said, you truly take, take this to heart. But, uh, yeah, let's rewind it back to Wednesday night. All right. Well, thank you once again for being here, guys. I'm so excited. I'm so excited you are all here tonight. Um, so, so tonight we are actually we're taking a break from you know from looking at the parables of Jesus. We've been we started a series uh, a couple weeks ago looking at the parables of Jesus, the stories that he uses in Scripture to teach and uh, and preach about um, things like the kingdom of God and and stuff like that. And he uses these illustrations, uh, but we're but we're we're taking a break because um, I want to share with you from my heart tonight. I want to share with you what what God has has been laying on my heart, what He's been sharing and revealing to me. Um, you know, and by the way, like as followers of Jesus, it you know that's it's important for us to do that. You know, that's what we we're supposed to be doing with one another. Um, you know, sharing with each other what God is is revealing to us. You know that that is what we should be doing. Um, you know, it's important to do that. having godly friends who will do that as well. But we've been over that you know we talked about godly friendships a while back, so you already have most of you have that knowledge already if not hey it's it's recorded, it's on our podcast. you can listen to it um but but you've got that 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 knowledge um how why it's important to have godly friends and be a godly friend uh, but my prayer is that now you have the wisdom to kind of to live that out now to actually put that in into into your daily lives and live it out um live out the need to be and have godly friends but but I digress, you know, uh, back to tonight, that's not our focus tonight. You know, that's not what we're focusing on tonight, but our focus tonight is expectation. Expectation, having the expectation that, that God will move, you know, and having the expectation that God will show up and transform lives, and, and that includes you, by the way, that God will show up and transform your life and move in your life. And that, ex- and that expectation, by the way, it's not just for YEC. Like, I'm not doing this because, you know, some of us here are going off to the youth evangelism celebration or whatever. Uh, that's not why I'm doing this. It's not just for YEC. It's not just for camp or, or D-NOW events, but it's for Sunday mornings. It's for Sunday nights. It's for Wednesday nights. For any time the church meets together, which, i.e., are followers of Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus here tonight, then you are the church. And when we gather together, we are the church. And so any time that we gather together as the church, we need to be expecting on God to move. Amen? You know, uh, Shane Pruitt, and if you don't know who that is, he's actually going to be the speaker at YC this year, so I'm really excited. I, found, I, I remember that after actually preparing this. But it, uh, but if you don't know who he is, he's actually he's he's the next gen director for NAM or the North American Mission Board. Um, I, I don't know if that's what they call youth pastors now or student pastors like next generation pastors. That's weird. I hope not. That sounds like I mean it does kind of sound like Star Trek, right? But um, but it just means that he focuses on on like the next generation, I guess your generation and the generation after you. Um, you know, students, youth. Teenagers, and um, and so he focuses on that on a missional level, you know, with the North American Mission Board. So he goes all over, all over the world. Um, you know, he preaches at camps and things like YEC and stuff like that. But he he shared. He, I'm going to share with you what what um, actually he he shared recently on his social media page, and it really it's ever since I I, I um I, I read it, it just stuck with me. It stuck with me, and, and I really think if if the church today adopted, you know, these ideas. And, and, and this, you know, and took them to heart, then maybe we would see revival in our churches today. We would see revival in, in your generation, right? But, but he said, and I quote, want to change your worship experience at church? Pray before you get there, ask God to speak to you, listen to worship music on the way, take a Bible with you instead of relying on the screens. Don't run late. Sing loudly like you mean it. Take notes. Expect God to move. I mean, it's really good advice here. And when I read it the first time, like, I got chills. Like, I just got chills reading that. Because it's really good advice, you know, for the believer on how to change your worship experience at church. You know, to pray before you get there. Pray before you arrive and ask God, hey, speak to me today. Talk to me today. You know, reveal, to ask him to reveal to you what needs to change in your life to convict you. Guys, we should be praying for conviction every time. Every time we, we worship together. For, for God to come in and, and change us, right? It may sting a little bit, but you know what? That means it's working. It's like working out, right? What did I tell you? That's pain. That's just weakness leaving the body. Listen to worship music, but before you get there, right, prime your heart for worship. Get it ready. Get it ready for worship, you know, walk so that you can walk in the doors ready for more, ready to continue in worship. Yeah, and bring your Bibles. And I feel like I say this every week. Like, I even, like, send it out on our reminds and things like that, you know, to bring your Bibles. And sometimes it feels like, I'm not going to lie, it feels like talking to a wall or, like, herding cats, you know, don't, don't rely on, on screens. You know, that's one of the reasons why I don't put the verses on the board. You know, I don't, because I want you to be reading along with me. You know, so don't rely on screens or your, your pocket screen, right? You know, bring, bring your Bibles. Bring them, you know? Be on time. I mean, yeah, yeah don't be late, right? <laughs> don't be late. You know, that's part of giving God your best. You know, you're giving Him your, your time, um, which is also why that, you know, we, we try to, to dress up a bit nicer for church, you know, or dress as nice as, as we can. Um, dress as nice as you are financially able to. I'm not expecting some homeless person off the street to come in here dressed in a suit and tie. No, but it's part of giving God your best. You know, that's, part, that's, that, that's what giving your best looks like as well. Sing it loudly like you mean it. You know, and, and I know there is like a musical preference that can get in the way of that. You know, I know that, that a lot of churches today have a, a, a musical war and it saddens my heart because that gets in the way of worship. You can't, you can't be putting your preferences before God. You just can't. You know, you, you've, you've got to throw out your preferences and your opinions when it comes to musical styles. Leave them at the door at the door so that you can actually worship God. Because it's not about you. I'm gonna say that again, Andrew. It's not about you. It's not about me. Right? It's about God. You know, it's, a, it's about Him. So leave your musical preferences in the car, you know, where you listen to, you know, uh, what you wanted to, where you, where, you, where you primed your heart for worship, where you listen to your, your preferred music, you know, so that you can fully worship God by singing praises to Him loudly with your whole heart as one body. Sing loudly like you mean it. Take notes. Another one I've mentioned uh, here before, you know, I... I know, I know, because the thing is, it's how we remember and then regurgitate what we've learned, right? You know, every week we're being fed spiritually, and and we should be writing this stuff down. You know, that's why whenever I'm like in a minute, I'm about to give you the YEC packing list. And you know, what's first on the list? Bible, notebook, pen. Every time, every time we go anywhere where that needs a packing list, that is number one because it's important. You're being fed truth. You're being spiritually fed. You need to be writing stuff down. And then, and this is what I really want to hone in on tonight and focus on, and that's expect God to move. Expect God to move. You know, and and this really kind of ties it all together. You know, we do all the things here because we are expecting God to move. We're expecting God to show up and and change us and transforms us, so that should make us want to do the rest. So, So before we begin here tonight, are you expecting God to move? Like before you walked in, were your hearts primed for worship? And, are you, and were you expecting God to move tonight? If not, then why? So, why are you limiting the Holy Spirit? You know, what's, what's holding you back? Expect God to move. So, when it, when it comes to expectations, you know, what to expect, usually our expectations are they're governed by our past, right? Past experiences, what has happened in the past, and that kind of, that kind, of kind of governs our expectations a little bit going forward, right? Uh, example, when I was young, I really hated going to the doctor. Raise your hand. You, does anybody here hate going to the doctor? Does anybody here love going to the doctor? Weirdo. I'm just joking. Just joking. Just joking. What? The dentist... Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm still terrified of going to the dentist. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I know that you, that's like your, your job, but um, I'm not scared of Kim. You, have had- uh, you know what? As an adult, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to hear this. I'm not ashamed to be, for this to be out on the podcast either. If I could go to a pediatric dentist, I would because they're so friendly. Uh, I really would. I've tried, actually. I took the kids to the dentist a while back, and I asked, do you see adults? They're like, why? I was like, because I would like to be your patient. And they just looked at me very strange. And they say that all the time. They're do like, they? Wow, I actually wish I could do That's good. That's so funny. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm terrified of the dentist. But anyway, so so yeah, when I was when I was little, I hated going to the doctor. Um, you know, when I got sick, my mom would my mom would bring me to the doctor, right? You know, like a good mom. And and she would and she would um just go right the minute we walked in the door, she would just say, find somewhere to sit and and, and read one of the magazines, um that were there. Y'all know what magazines are? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. Just making sure, okay? Because I think they're still a thing. I see them, like, every time I go to Walgreens and, the, you know, Walmart. I think they exist still. Oh, and by the way, it's the time of the year when, like, the best magazine would come out. Um, you know, it was, that, it was the time of the year where that giant Macy's catalog. I don't know if y'all remember this either. Oh, yeah. We would get the giant Macy's catalog, and then I would just, like, excitedly come home and just go through it and circle in everything I wanted for Christmas and then hand it to my parents and say, here, tell Santa. Um... Well, them. What? You get Target ones now? Fantastic. That's cool. Well, I'm glad that's still kind of a thing. But, um, but anyway, good times. So, but now, now back, to, back to the bad. So, so the doctor's office, right? So I'm sitting, I'm doing like a maze or like a word search in the highlights magazine. And, and, but even that could not distract me from my expectations of, of what waited behind that office door. Right, and the question I always kept asking was, "Am I going to get a shot? Am I going to get a shot? Am I going to get a shot?" And and I would ask this like over and over because that's what I expected. That's what I expected. And, and why did I expect that? Well, it's because that's what happened last time, right? That's what happened last time. You know, last time I came here and and I sat doing the same word search. They really needed to get new magazines, and then and then I went through the door. And, and it, it led to me having to get a shot. And I just didn't want that. I didn't want a shot. And so my mom, who, who listens to this podcast, by the way, you know, this is probably giving her flashbacks. I'm sorry. Sorry, Mom. But, um, but I, I, ex- I expected a shot. And you know what happened? I got a shot. I got a shot. But then I got better. Okay? And then I got better. And now, now you know, shots are like whatever. I actually, I'm licensed to give shots now. I actually give shots at, uh, at the pharmacy. Um, God's amazing. Like that. God, God's amazing. Um, you know, and, and, and the thing is, you know, the thing about God, you know, when we expect God to move, He moves. When we expect God to move, He does. He moves. Tonight, you can turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8. If you have your Bibles, which, once again, I encourage, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 8. Um, start. We're going to be starting with verse 40. And uh, we're going to see two people who, who expected Jesus to, To to move, who expected Jesus to be there. And we see that happen exactly. So go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 8 and look at verse 40. Uh, before we get into our passage tonight, I just want to kind of give a little bit of context where this is, what's going on. So here in the book of Luke, it's, it's written by, by the way, Luke. He's, a, he's Luke the physician, or he's a doctor. Uh, he was a doctor of medicine in his day. And, and now by now he has seen Jesus perform miracle after miracle and, and healings after healings. He's seen him control the winds and the waves, drive out demons. Um, you know, bring the dead back to life. He's seen him do some amazing things, right? He's seen some amazing things happen. Um, so, so, and just before our passage tonight, you know, Jesus, uh, he's just cast out a legion uh, of demons from a man and cast them into a herd of pigs. And, and then, and then, those pigs uh, ended up diving to their death off a cliff. It's a really neat story. You should go read it after. Um, but, but, just, but just before our passage tonight, you know, that, that's what happened. And so Jesus, he tells the now demon-free man to, to go in peace and, and go and share what God has done. And, and that's exactly what he does. It's exactly what he does. And, um, and so he goes into town and, and he starts enthusiastically sharing what Jesus has done for him, right? You know, by the way, we should be doing the same thing. We should be doing exactly the same thing, you know, sharing how Jesus has changed your life, sharing what he has done for you enthusiastically with everybody. We should be taking notes from this guy. And so, um, and so that's kind of that's where we start. So read with me now, starting at verse 40. It says, When Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Just then, a man named Jairus came. He was a leader of the synagogue, he fell down. At Jesus' feet and pleaded with him to come to his house. Because he had an only daughter about twelve years old and she was dying. While he was going, the crowds were nearly crushing him. And so let's stop here for a second. So we have Jesus, he's he's coming into town, and you know, where where everybody here, he's welcoming him, you know, they're they they were expecting him because of what just happened with the demons and the pigs and this guy that's now demon free. Um, and, and and so and as Jesus he's coming into this town now. Um, there's this man, and, and, and he comes and he falls at his feet. And so looking at this passage, we, we can see three things about this guy, right? Three things. Number one, we know his name. His name's Jairus. Number two, we know he's Jewish because it says here he's a leader of the synagogue or the, or the temple there in town. And three, we know he has a 12-year-old daughter who, who is dying. So we know three things about him. He's Jairus, he's Jewish, and he's got a dying 12-year-old daughter. And, and you know, actually, there's a fourth thing. There's a fourth thing as well um, that that we see from this man, and that that's his faith. We see his faith here, and that's actually, you know, um, pretty amazing. We we see his faith in what he in, in that he expects Jesus to be able to save his daughter's life. That's that's pretty that's pretty amazing. He expects Jesus to to show up at his house and and heal his daughter and heal his daughter. And why do you think that is? Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think that Jairus thinks Jesus can save his daughter? You know, it, probably, it's probably word of mouth. You know, news about Jesus is spreading, starting to spread. He's starting to do all these things. News is, news is, news is spreading, and um, especially amongst the Jewish leaders, right? Because remember, the Jewish leaders, they didn't like him. You know, they didn't like Jesus. They sought out to, to, to capture him, to kill him numerous times until eventually it happened. Um, but uh, so, so G- the news about Jesus is spreading. It's spreading amongst Jewish leaders. But, but also, you know, the, the man who was once demon-possessed is now free, and he's sharing what Jesus has done in the town. You know, personal testimony is a powerful thing. You know, we heard if you were at FCA today at the high school, you heard another powerful testimony you know, that, that Luke just shared a second ago. You know, personal testimony is so powerful. You know, what Jesus has done for you, how he's changed your life, that's something that nobody can take away, that nobody can argue, and it's a powerful, life-changing thing. It's powerful. No matter, no matter how boring you think yours is, you know, it carries weight and it's powerful. And so Jairus, he's expectant here, and in faith and humility, he falls at Jesus' feet and begs him to come to his house and to see his dying daughter. You know, his, and by the way, this is what said his only daughter. You know, this act of humility at falling at Je- by falling at Jesus' feet, it really points to who Jairus knew Jesus to be. You know, not just some rabbi, not just some teacher, but the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Emmanuel, God with us. And he had the faith to know that Jesus would indeed save his daughter. So he expected Jesus to move and, 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 to, and to heal his daughter. And that's not the only act of faith that we see in this story. Next, you know, we're going to see a woman who, who's in anguish uh, reach out in faith to Jesus. Continue on. Look at, look at verse 43. It says, A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years, who has spent all she had on doctors and yet could not be healed uh, by any, approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. And so first we have Jairus, right, who humbly falls at the feet of Jesus and pleads with him to help his daughter who is dying because he expects Jesus to be able to do just that, you know. And so, so Jesus here, he's amongst the great crowd of people that, that, are, that are around him, crowding him. Uh, and then in this crowd of people, there, there's a woman, and it says she has suffered with bleeding for, for, for 12 years. And and not only that, but she has spent everything she had on doctors, on healers, on on all these types of people to to get to heal her, to get her help, and, and nobody could, nobody could help her, nobody could heal her, you know. And remember, by the way, uh, a doctor is writing this, you know, Doctor Luke, right? Luke, he's a doctor, and so she, he, he probably sees her, he's probably seen her, and he, he, you know, he understands uh, as well. But she she's lived with this, it says going on for twelve years now. This is twelve years of anguish. You know, and, and, and so she she's in the crowd and she sees Jesus, you know, and she's probably heard about about him and what he's done and now what he's done for this for this formerly possessed man. And and, and maybe she's even heard about other miracles as well. It doesn't say. Uh, and in her desperation, you know, desperate to feel well and, and, and whole again, you know, to feel like herself again, she approaches back of Jesus, she squeezes through the crowd here and reaches out to touch just the end of his robe. Just the end of his robe. That's it. And it says, after touching the end of his robe, that immediately, immediately her bleeding stopped. Immediately, just like that, she was healed. I mean, how amazing is that? You know, think about that for a second. Like, seriously, think about it. This woman who had anguished for 12 years, there's nobody out there who could help her. There's nobody out there who knew, knew what was going on who could heal her. She's used every resource that she's, that she's had to find somebody to help her, but there was nobody. Nobody. And then all of a sudden there's Jesus right there in the crowd. You know, he has just freed a man who had been possessed by a legion of demons. A legion, that's a lot. And he's just freed him. And she's like, he can free me too. All I need to do, all I need to do is just reach out and just touch a bit of him, a, a clo- the end of his cloak even. That will be enough. That will be enough to heal me. That's got to be enough. Actually, in Matthew's gospel, we see that. Matthew chapter 9, verse 21, it says, For she said to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I'll be made well. That's it. She expected to be healed by Jesus. She expected God to move, and God showed up. She was healed instantly. Her anguish gone in an instant because of Jesus and his power and his power alone, and and Scripture said Jesus felt it. Jesus knew what had happened. He knew there was somebody there who reached out to him and and touched him and, and was made well because of him. And remember, you know, and go back to the story. It did say that she touched him, right? Like physically, she didn't like touch his shoulder or touch his back or weirdly touch his like lower thigh. That's a weird place to touch somebody. Don't do that. But, but it's, it says it touched his robe. The end of his robe. So like, like cloth. That's what it touched, okay? Well, let's, let's go on here. Let's, uh, you know, let's, let's look and see what his response is. Uh, verse 45, it's, he says, who touched me? Jesus asked. And since when they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you in and pressing against you. Someone did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. When the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed. And so it says here, you know, Jesus felt somebody touch him. And and those around him, they denied it. They're like, it's not me, Jesus. And Peter's like, well, hey, there's a lot of people around. There's a giant, like literally a giant crowd of people around you. And so maybe somebody bumped you, maybe somebody grazed you or whatever. But Jesus, he wasn't referring here to being touched physically, was he? You know, but, but more, somebody reached out to him spiritually. Somebody reached out to him. He felt his power go from him. And then this woman who knows she's been caught, you know, comes out and it says she is trembling. She is she is shaking, she is trembling, and she falls at his feet. And then she shares with Jesus and all of those there. You know, um, you know why she she reached out, why that why she reached out to touch Jesus, and, and and how after that she has been made well in an instant. I mean, talk about a testimony, right? You know, it's literally the before the Jesus encounter and then the healing after. I mean. That's an amazing testimony. But here she is. She's trembling before Jesus, probably thinking that, hey, she's in trouble now. You know, like I'm about to be sent to the principal's office, like the ultimate principal's office, that she did something wrong in reaching out and touching Jesus. You know, and, and also maybe she's feeling judged a bit here. You know, because, by the way, this, moment, this woman had basically she'd been cast out. You know, because of her ailment, because of her situation, she had be, been seen as unclean. Back then, remember we talked about you know women were seen as, as as pretty low. I'm sorry, ladies, you know they they were seen low, um, you know. And then I, b- below that you had the the, the Samaritans, um, but but she was like cast out, seen as unclean, not wanting to be associated with, like kind of like the demon possessed man or a leper, and, and and here she was, you know, caught after touching Jesus, and and so so maybe she's feeling judged, a bit as well. Um, so, uh, so, so in that moment, she, she's probably feeling like what she's, what she's been labeled and, and and now, and now she's scared that Jesus will see her that exact same way. But the awesome thing is we see the exact opposite. We see the exact opposite, um, in his reply to this, to this trembling woman. Verse 48, he says, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from a synagogue leader's house and said, Your daughter is dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. When Jesus heard it, he answered him, Don't be afraid. Only believe and she will be saved. After he came to the house, he let no one Enter with him except Peter, John, James, and the child's father and mother. Everyone was crying and mourning for her, but he said, Stop crying because she is not dead but asleep. And they laughed at him because they knew she was dead. So he took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up! Her spirit returned and she got up at once. And then he gave orders that she be given something to eat. Her parents were astounded but he instructed them to tell no one what had happened. And so we see, right here, we see Jesus' compassion on full display, right? You know, for the woman who reaches out to touch the edge of Jesus' robe, fully expecting to be healed, and in that moment was healed from her, her, her anguish that, had, that she had suffered for 12 years. And in response to her shame and her guilt, we don't see Jesus berate her or condemn her or label her unclean. You know, we see, her, we see him tell, call her unclean, daughter daughter and he tells her that her faith has saved her i love it you know the, and, and remember you know the act here the act of of, of touching something didn't save her you know the, the touching of the robe didn't save her but it was her faith her faith that the faith that where she fully expected to be healed by jesus that's what saved her that's powerful and he tells her to go in peace and can you just imagine so like the first time in, in twelve years. For the first time in twelve years, she could actually do just that. Had this, she could go in peace. I mean, that's amazing. And then in the midst of that, of all that going on, somebody comes up to Jairus and tells him, Hey, you know, don't worry with Jesus. You know, don't bother him anymore um, because, because your daughter has died. And then Jesus, you know, he heard this as well. He, not missing a beat, you know. He says he he tells he tells Jairus here, hey, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, but believe, have faith, and, and, and she will be saved. You know, it's it's a picture of 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 what just happened with, with the woman here. You know, expect God to move and, and save, and, and and so and so then we get to the home of Jairus, and we see the result of that faith and it. And it's a daughter. Um, you know, Jesus said, hey, she's, she's just sleeping. And then he takes the daughter's hand and tells her to get up, and she does. You know, and it says her spirit has returned to her and that she got up. Like, total miracle moment. And her parents are amazed. I mean, obviously, I'd be, I, would, I mean, wouldn't you be? And, but, but, you know, um, but we see what happens when you expect God to move. And, and we see what happens when, you, when, you ha- when you're faith in God and, and, and you show up to worship and you expect Him to move. And look, I'm not up here saying that I expect God, you know, that what I expect God to do, He'll do it. Like, He's not out some, so granting some wishes like a cosmic genie. That's not God. You know, but in times of worship where we are gathered as the church on nights like this, on Sunday mornings, on Sunday nights, and yeah, even things like YEC, you know, do you expect God to move? And if not, if not then, then why? You know, what is getting in the way of of you expecting God? Because it's on you. It starts with you. If Jairus didn't think Jesus could heal his daughter, do you think he would would have moved to him and, and fallen at his feet? If he didn't expect Jesus to say yes and heal his daughter, do you think that he would have begged him to help? You know, the woman, in her anguish, Bleeding for 12 years. If she didn't have faith in Jesus in that moment, do you think that she would have reached out to Him and expected to be healed? Are you reaching out to God in faith, expecting Him to show up in your life? Or are you just sitting on the sidelines waiting for something to happen? Are you limiting God to just the times of desperation only and not reaching out to Him in the other moments of your life? We have a daily need, a daily need, not just a circumstantial need, a daily need. We truly need him in all facets of life and at all times, in all times. Like, do you realize that? And if not, then why not? Do you really think you can do it in your own power? Because how's that going for you? I've been there. It's hard. It's hopeless. It's, it's desperate. What is your faith like right now? Do a mental inventory, do a spiritual heart check. What is your faith like right now? In this moment. Is your faith is your faith one that's growing? Because hey, if that if, if that's so then amen. I love it. Keep it going. Keep doing what you're doing. Do you have a faith that is dying tonight? Does it need sustenance? And if so, well then are you doing the right things for your faith to grow? Because once again, it's on you. I can, you know, I can stand up here Wednesday night after Wednesday night preaching, teaching. I can put you in small groups, you know, and you can discuss questions. You can go to YAC. You can go to camp. You can come to Sunday mornings. But at the end of the day, if all you're doing is soaking up the AC and not doing anything with it, then your faith's not going to grow. So what are you doing about it if your faith is dying? You have to do it. You know, you have to, like, bring in your Bibles, right? Like, bring in your Bibles, taking notes, showing up to church, giving God your all, expecting Him to move. You have to do it. What's it going to take for you to actually make a change in your life and take God seriously and expect Him to move in your life? What's it going to take? If your faith is dying, do something to grow it. Put in the effort, and in faith, reach out to God. Reach out to the edge of his robe. Fall at his feet in humility and be healed. Go to his word and be nourished. You know, those of you who feel like your faith is dwindling. Is your faith dead? Be honest. Be honest with yourself. Be honest with God tonight. Because if it is, then that needs to be addressed stat. And in pharmacy, in medical terms, that means at once. Go to God. Reach out now. Now. Grab a partner. Grab a leader. And be prayed for. Be prayed over tonight. Don't waste time. Don't waste this time. Right now we're in a bubble. We're in a little Christian church bubble. After this, after we're dismissed, you're gone. You're out into the world. You're outside these doors. Don't waste this moment. Don't waste this time. Reach out to God. Reach out to somebody Now if you feel like you have a dead faith. Or maybe, or maybe your faith is non-existent, right? Let's be honest. Maybe you've never acknowledged Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe that's you here tonight. And with a group this big, some, that, that may be the case. Maybe you've never experienced the life-changing message of the gospel that says Jesus came and he died for you. He paid your price, your sin debt, the sin debt that, that, that requires death. And he paid that for you. He took the whole wrath of God and he died. But there's joy. Joy comes three days later when he rises from the grave. He beats sin. He beats death. And and now he lives in in heaven waiting to return to judge and to rule and to reign. And his people, the church, the adoptive sons and daughters of the Most High King will be there with him one day. And that can be you tonight. Pray with me and then you can go to small groups. Father, we just thank you so much for tonight, God. I thank you that everybody's here tonight, God. Because nobody's here. nobody, Nobody's here uh, by some coincidence, some accident. God, we're all, we're all here for one reason, and that's you. God, you put us all here tonight, and I thank you for that. And so, Father, I just thank you so much for for our time together God. And I pray that we can take your word to heart that we can't that, that we just don't soak it in, but God that we actually apply it and live it out. And God, maybe there is somebody here who who has a who feels like their faith is is dwindling, it's dying, God. I pray, Father, that tonight tonight that changes. I pray, Father, that that, that like, like the, 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 the anguishing woman or like, or like the, the uh, gyrus, the, the, the desperate dad, God, I pray, Father, that, they, that we can just reach out to you. Grab a hold of you, Father. Fall at your feet and, and acknowledge what needs to be done in our life to, to grow our faith, to grow our relationship, to become closer to you, Father. Help us do that tonight. Give us the courage and the boldness that needs to happen for that, for that to take place. And God, for those who have a faith that is dead, then God, I do pray that um, that stat, that that is taken care of. Father, I pray that that, um, the realization can happen and and that it can be dealt with, like starting now. So, Father, maybe that needs to happen. Maybe maybe there's somebody here whose faith is non-existent and they need to come to you. That they need to put their hope, faith, and trust in you and you alone. That they need to, to humbly acknowledge you as Lord and Savior of their life. To acknowledge what you've done for them on the cross. And then follow you with everything that they are. But God, as we go into a time of discussion in these small groups, I pray for, for, um, for honest discussion, God. For, um, that, that, and that you remain in the center of it father we love you and we thank you so be with us now in your name we pray amen remember uh for those of you who are going to YEC stay behind after small group just come back in here and take a seat all right all right y'all dismissed hey as always thank you so much for listening to this um remember you know this is for anybody not just our students at, at Watson Baptist Church but um, you know, this is for anybody who who uh, needs to grow in Christ. You know, this is for anybody who wants to get into God's Word and and learn more and grow in their faith. And so, um, feel free to share this with anybody um, that that you would see that you would see fit that that would that you think would enjoy this. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you wherever you find it wherever you listen to it uh, subscribe so that you can get these weekly uh, episode reminders as they go out Um, but but yeah just thank you so much for listening I hope you have a blessed week